0: Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Tires. Tires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab Tires. Schwab. Why can't like you vive, say tires? Vive Cloucault. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, wh- where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson.
1: I'm Will Darkins, from, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since
0: 1952. Sports. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up... Yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, here are Locklear, though. Have you seen her? <laughs> That's Heather Walker that smokes. Super. High. She's a little trashier, so she's like more gettable. Will
1: Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your
0: family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fans. All right, welcome to the hour two dance party here at the Center and the Saint, live from the 1080 The Fan Studios. Oh
1: yeah, we're out on the uh, we're out on the 1080 deck. There's yeah. a bunch of
0: people out there walking around. Man, yeah, it's a uh, it's a beach party down here along the shores of the Willamette, uh Girls in bikinis. Guys holding funnels for some reason. I don't know what they're for, but they look like they're ready to party. Bros
1: have uh, chowder mugs. They're lot, just chowing down on the chowder.
0: A lot of visors. A lot of visors being worn down here. Come down and join the party. Yeah. Yeah, right on the south waterfront. You know where we're at. Come yeah. Join us. The biggest party in Portland going on right now. We're going to keep this thing going all the way to Monday. We are your 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. start of the uh all-day coverage for Oregon Ducks, the Red Bull, the Red Box Bowl game. Why do you keep calling it the Red Bull? You called it the Red Bull yesterday. I didn't, no, you did No, it was Buck. You it wasn't me, it was Buck. We called it the Red Bull. No, that was Buck yesterday that did it. And Stick they were, around for the Blue Bowl. We, we talked about the Red Bull at length yesterday, but Buck was the one that had the slip of the tongue. I was going to blame you because I was like, it was the guy producing the show, but yesterday when we filmed in for Dustin Cam, it was not you producing. So... Red Box Bowl coverage starts with the Center and Saints Special Edition, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Monday. Uh, we also did fill in uh, the last couple days for Dusty and Cam. And if you missed anything from Hour 1 of this show, you can listen to the two of us jabber as much as you want by going on to 1080thefan.com and downloading the Les Schwab Tires podcast. You're welcome. Thanks. No problem. Uh, So we were talking about an hour one and we didn't get to it, but uh, I wanted to quickly give you the rundown here. A lot going on this week. And obviously we've got the college football playoff semifinal games uh, taking going on today. Tomorrow they stack in all of the NFL games for week 17. will all be played tomorrow, either at 10 AM or just a few at uh, one 20. Um, So you'll get everything. You'll have all of all of the playoff uh, games, matchups wrapped up by the end of the day tomorrow, which, it's fantastic. And then on Monday, like I said, we've got uh, some great bowl games. And, of course, New Year's Day, the Rose Bowl, which I know you're excited about. Washington getting beat by 40 uh, against Ohio
1: State. Whoa, I never said that. What? I said I'm
0: excited to see a competitive game for five minutes. No, you said you're excited to see the parade. And then when the football starts, it will be tragic. Okay. So out of all the
1: games that will be played mm. this bowl season, yeah, which do you think – of new year's day games Ooh,
0: let's look at new year's day
1: is the best the one that you would think say oh this is going to be a good one
0: Uh, let's take a look at what's going on on new year's day i don't have the whole schedule in front of me so i'll just say words until i get there Ooh, ooh, Ooh. here's your choices kids we've got mississippi state iowa kentucky penn state washington ohio state texas georgia and the sugar bowl oh man those are exciting I want to watch uh, LSU-UCF in the Fiesta Bowl. I want to see if UCF can go and uh, beat the SEC two years in a row. I know they don't have Mackenzie Milton, but uh, if they can, that will be the best story in college football because they'll claim another national championship. Don't know why you wouldn't, but to go two years consecutively undefeated. um, But I have a sneaking suspicion that it'll be very much like the end of two consecutive years of undefeated games that Florida state had against Oregon. <laughs> it, at least it was in the college football playoff, but it, the the image in my mind is Jameis Winsting running backwards, dropping the football, falling down like a fat old man. Uh, An Oregon Aww. just running over them. Don't you, you remember that? Of course I remember
1: it. Yeah, it's well, the uh, little oh. emoji with Lance Stevenson blowing Jameis over. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or he was not hit. Uh, I, I mean, you want to see UCF win, but it's almost insulting that they're getting put in the Sugar Bowl with LSU because it's just kind of another, I don't know, it's confirming again, hey, you're not good enough to be in the college football playoff. And, I mean, this game is pretty much null and void for them. I know LSU kind of thinks of it as – uh, just a bowl game, nothing that's really special. And I, I think it's just indicative of the whole playoff process, which is why I would rather them bring the BCS back because I think there's more meaning to most of these bowl games.
0: Yeah, that's fine. But the, the thing about UCF, it ends one of two ways. They, they pull another upset and we get a repeat of last year magnified, um, or it ends up like Hawaii's perfect season until they met uh, Georgia. I can't remember what bowl game that was, but they lost by like 44. So you're going in as UCF without your star quarterback and you're going up against LSU, a team that I think would be wise enough not to overlook UCF after what happened to Auburn last year. Mm. And I think there's a lot of teams that, given the opportunity, would want to go and put their thumb down and just crush them uh, just to shut them up. So I don't think you're going to have a team that overlooks them like Auburn did last year.
1: Well, you don't want to get beat by the swamp monster.
0: That's I guess true, but the Swamp Monster <laughs> I think should be the favorite. Uh, let me take a look and see. No lines yet on the game, at least. I'm well, and I got to tell you this:
1: watching the uh, Peach Bowl, it sure does look like Michigan is kind of just sulking a bit. It looks like Florida wants it a little bit more. You know, Michigan was really just about one win away. I kind of thought. I, yeah. I I thought if Michigan would have beat Ohio State and then gotten themselves to the. Um, gotten themselves to the Big Ten title game. I thought they would have gotten the nod over Oklahoma.
0: Well, I, th- I think you're probably right. Uh, Oklahoma won in pretty glorious fashion against Texas, so you would have needed uh, – I bumped think, them uh, in, yeah. But I think a big win over Ohio State would have done it because then your one loss is going to be against undefeated Notre Dame, and I think people would have been okay with that. So.
1: Well, I just think that this kind of goes back to – I know I've said it 100 and 100 and 100 times over is that you have these – College football playoff games that are set up and everybody just draws so much attention to those that they don't really care about these other games. And I, I think it's kind of dangerous because then you have situations like you do in the Camping World Bowl where Will Greer doesn't really want to play. He doesn't care. He just says, well, whatever. We didn't win the Big 12. I didn't even play in the title game. This bowl game means absolutely nothing. It's just a paycheck for advertisers. And the people that throw the bowl on, I need to think about myself. I think if you go back to the BCS format, you draw more meaning out of most of these games. Yeah. I yeah. just really believe that.
0: Well, I think if you expand it to eight, it eliminates all of that. But the other thing, too, though, is if you go back to the BCS, why not just go back a step further? And I've brought this up. I'd rather just go back to where you play the Rose Bowl between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and then just pick your winner based on the results of the bowl games. If a team plays kind of a lackluster bowl and – And doesn't finish well. And you have three undefeated teams split the national championships. Who cares? College football is never going to come to a resolution that makes everybody happy. I think the 18 playoff would be the probably most you would expand out to just based on the kind of complaints you hear from people about adding games and making, you know, the, the bulls completely irrelevant, but you do 16 teams at the FCS level and you never hear anybody complain about the, you know, the abuse these players are taking or anything like that. So I don't know what the resistance is to just doing what every other sport does, but man, if I was one of these, uh, group of five teams, why not set up your own 16 team bracket? And you know, mm. the hell, the hell with the, the playing for a national championship, because you don't get the opportunity yet to anyways. I mean, I know these are, we're, we're both talking about things that nobody else in the country is, is bringing up, but if you're Kentucky and you're an sec team and you have a one year run and win the SEC, you're in a national title game. But if you're Memphis and you play in the American Athletic Conference, you can have, or or UCF, you can have two consecutive undefeated seasons and you don't even sniff the college football playoffs. So if you're a group of five team, what's the point? Set, yeah. up, your own, set up your own 16 bracket. But Vanderbilt, Oregon State have better chances of playing for a national title than a team that has just won 26 consecutive games.
1: Yeah, I, Because
0: I... they're in the right conference, and those teams are terrible. It's just, it's absolutely bizarre the way it's set up. But again, it's, it's the way college football is. If I were the group of five, I'd just drop out and just be like, Hey, we're going to bring back that uh, crystal football that uh, Sears used to serve up since Sears is going out of business. We're going to make that our trophy and we're going to play our own 16 team tournament. And you wonder how much uh, money that would bring in. And you wonder what it would do for fans. You play a couple home games. I'd watch it. Let me ask you this
1: because I feel like I've never gotten a really good answer to this question. We're always talking about this playoff, right? Mm-hmm. And we're always talking about how we need to know who the national title winner is, right? Why? <laughs> yeah, why do we need to know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that like we feel like this is a government. It's almost acting as a government body of decision making. How could you not
0: have a champion?
1: Yes, sure. it's almost as if we're shutting yeah. the government down or something. No, it's, it's football, and for the most part, these playoff games just play into the hands of people who want to make a lot of money. It's not for your satisfaction as a fan. It's them looking at your suggestion and going, oh, whoa, we can actually make a lot more money doing that. Okay, yep. let's do that. But at the same time, I, I, I just don't think that there are enough fans nationally of certain teams that are going to win the playoff anyway, such as Alabama, Clemson, or any of those. Like, the, there isn't enough of involvement on in that that you're going to say, oh, I really care to know who's going to win the national title or who deserves it, Alabama or Clemson. Me as an Oregon State fan, a guy who's a Pac-12 guy, I don't care either way. Exactly. I just don't care. And I guess, and I'm getting flack from people on the text line, Better You Today text line 55305 saying you're crazy for wanting the BCS to come back. I don't think it's that crazy because really it allows you to have your own championship game. That's relevant to you and your
0: team every single year. Yep. Well, well, and again, if you get rid of the BCS and you get rid of a championship game altogether, then it restores the glory of games like the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, and you play them geographically, and you have teams that, you know, that's their end goal. And if you have a perfect season and you beat the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl, you can claim your national title and Alabama can claim theirs. And that doesn't bother me at all, but you're you're exactly right that the whole why does it matter? But again, back to my point. There's 132 teams. I was trying to look at the strength of schedules and try to figure out it's like, oh, did Notre Dame play a comparable schedule to Clemson to see if there might be, you know, something we're missing that can make this a good game. I've heard that, you know, 61% of the public is betting on Notre Dame, so somebody sees something. Dude, there's no way of knowing how good teams are relative to another team. And if you're not going to go out there and just put a big tournament like you have in college basketball, again, if I'm group of five going, hey, we got the short straw, let's make our tournament better than the one they have at the the big five schools. Yeah. And we'll go and play that. We'll do it out in the backyard. Kind of. But yeah. It's like, you know, get the I,
1: truck, get on the brick, uh the brick wall. We're gonna write out the tournament bracket board. Yeah. But everybody get your sweats and your Eddie Bauer shirts on. We're playing touch. No grab ass. Yeah, but you're not, you, you grab it, ass. You sit on the sideline five minutes. Squeeze going to time it for you. He's got the timer <laughs> on his phone. He'll sit there. You're not getting in for five minutes. Uh, you're going to sit and we're going to play this game and we're going out for beers after.
0: You know what? That's what, that's what exactly what it should be. I'll go grab some beers and watch some football. You pick the game that matters to you. Right right. now we've got a selection committee of the smartest minds telling us what games are better to watch and why they're more important. If we go back to no championship game, no BCS, no nothing, you can pick your own game that matters to you.
1: What's that, bro? You don't have an Eddie Bauer flannel? Okay, go home and go get your LL Bean flannel because that's required.
0: Dude, don't care what kind of flannel it is. Just get a flannel on. Throw either a fleece or a puffy vest on over ah. it. We're going to run around. No cleats. No, no no, no cleats, bro. No, no cleats. Cleats, you're out 10 minutes. Again, squeeze got the timer. <laughs> no cleats. No, you're not playing with cleats. You're playing barefoot. If yeah. you show up in cleats, bring a pair of sneakers. You can play in dress shoes is all I care. But no cleats, bro. That's unfair advantage. Jimmy has a few spare pair of FIFAs. He wears a nine. Dude, if you I've don't got, wear a hey, nine, listen. you're screwed. Hey, I can't help you anymore. Listen, I've got I've got an uncle that works at the Avia outlet. I've got a whole stack of shoes there, sizes eight through 14. Yeah. I've got a pair of uh, Clyde Drexler Avia's that you can wear. If you show up in cleats, you're good. Get in the game. But yeah, dude, the cutting advantage you get with cleats, unfair, bro. Yeah. Unfair. You remember how it happened that one year. Friggin' Marcus. Hate <laughs> hey, that guy. What are we talking about? Well, you were saying that yeah, well, ta- take my yeah, they should home. make their own tournament.
1: And I just said, well, let's make it an outdoor tournament.
0: Yes, absolutely. With the uh, boys. <laughs> uh, NFL, uh, not only who's going to the playoffs, who's going for the number one draft pick? What is, the, uh, what is the current rankings? What do they look like going into week 17? Who's getting Will Greer? Wait, is that the guy that went? I don't think it is. All right. Uh, Senator St. be the Fan. Well, All right, so we may have a dangerous situation going on in the building. Somebody might be trapped in an airbend.
1: <laughs>
0: but we don't know. If you're listening to the show, we'll try to find you after <laughs> 11 o'clock. So the story... I mean, I got somewhere to be, but Will, Will might look
1: for you. So the story is...
0: <laughs> What's it- going on around here?
1: So... Luke and I, we, we host this show together. That's it. It's just us. There's no producer. I, I act as the board op producer, and Luke and I just do this show alone on Saturdays. And so I get a call on our phone in the studio, and uh, there's another guy who does some weekend stuff on The Wolf, 99.5 The Wolf, one of our sister stations and our partners here at Intercom. And he calls me, and uh, I can't really leave this board. I You know, there has to be two people here and uh, he calls me and he goes hey uh i know you guys are in there i'm trapped in an air vent uh would you mind coming and <laughs> let me out and i go I- i'm sorry what and he goes yeah i'm trapped in an air vent
0: that was in the middle of our last award-winning segment that we just did yeah yeah
1: and i go uh well i gotta run this show like can you wait for a little while he goes oh yeah yeah that's fine uh,
0: I'm just trapped up here in this air vent up there in the air vent. So he's crawling around the ceilings right now. (laughs) Yeah. But he's got his cell phone on. He can reach his pocket. So, and so I,
1: I didn't know, (laughs) I didn't know like his number and I didn't think to call it. I just thought it was really weird. And I was like, okay, well I'll I'll try to come find you. And I hung up and I thought, Oh my God, I don't have his number. (laughs) And, uh, I just ran around the building screaming like, hello, hello. You know, Because this guy apparently is trapped in an air vent somewhere.
0: Yeah, so that's what we got going on here. Who knows what's going on. Uh, It's a holiday weekend. People will be back by Tuesday, so, right? I feel awful. (laughs) Like,
1: I I don't know where he is. I don't know which air vent he's talking about.
0: So if anybody's ever been in this situation, 55305 is a Better You Today text line. Let us know how to proceed. What's the emergency procedure when you get a phone call that somebody nearby is trapped in an air vent? We can get hammers. We can start tearing out drywall, but I don't think the bosses will be happy if we go that route. So. Well, and he
1: sounded so nonchalant about yeah. it. He was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm just up here in this air vent, so, yeah. so like, come get me when you can. And I was like, well, "What? where? What are you talking and about? Why are you
0: in an air vent? Yes. I don't know what's going on. All right, here are your uh, bottom four teams right now in the uh, – NFL. i don't know how to move on from that. i
1: don't either i'm worried about that guy
0: yeah well we'll finish our show and then we'll i mean he seemed okay he can call back he has the number so yeah I so if you hear will go silence he's he's on a manhunt <laughs> listen running out of air i need you to go right now will just disappears for the show and then no commercials play and we have no sounders or anything what the, a, he, what the hell was he doing up there? I don't know. Why was he up in the air? Bed? Did he No. why was he? I think he still is. If we haven't saved him. I don't know. Maybe it's it really hairy. This becomes a movie. Who plays you in the movie? Me? Yeah, you. Mm. Who plays me? Who plays me? No. I think you're played by um, Frankie Munez. No, I think Barry Pepper. No, not Barry no. Pepper. We're looking at Barry. That Pepper. would be He's a sweet
1: a, role for him. I mean, still, he I needs think, to work. Yeah, he
0: definitely does. Um, maybe Rob Schneider plays. Now, hey, you know what? Let's do our NFL segment next. We do have a poll question. <laughs> maybe this will be – let's just do that since we're a little short here. Uh, it's we not have, that we're a little short. What? Well, well but we were going to do the NFL segment here. I know, but we're going to do it next. So here's, let's do this. At Center Saint 1080. <laughs>
1: Somebody, somebody says, get a ladder and start popping the ceiling tiles.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think I, I say we get <laughs> sledgehammers. We start tearing out drywall. <laughs> Do you imagine walking in on on Monday morning? The boss man walks in and we've ripped out a bunch of drywall, <laughs> broken glass and just drywall. And what the hell? Um, they pull up the cameras. And it's just me and you running through the building, pounding sledgehammers <laughs> into the wall and the ceiling.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh- I have no idea if there's a
0: stepladder or a hammer in this building. Okay, at St. 1080 on Twitter, we have a pull-up. need you to focus. Will, what is our pull-up? Okay, up? all right. I'm
1: sorry. I'm going to try to bring some focus back. Yeah, let's
0: make this a professional radio show. Well, I'm show. trying. It's
1: just, you know, now I'm worried about the guy. All right. Which Rob Schneider movie <laughs> is of the highest quality? Now, this was from a conversation. I don't even know how it started before the show, but we just wondered what was... One of the more popular rob schneider movies
0: highest quality though i think uh, it's highest the highest quality the right that's correct.
1: yes yes that's correct thank you uh 11 of you said the stapler which was a fictional movie the south park made up uh 21 of you say deuce bigelow euro gigolo the second of the of the group 23 say the animal and uh 45 say the hot chick which i horribly disagree mm-hmm. that movie was just
0: awful <laughs> oh yes but again by comparison Let off a couple farts near the air return. (laughs) You'll call
1: back. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this, I, I do appreciate these texts. I mean, this really is, shouldn't be a funny situation. I mean, there's some guy trapped in an air vent and, you know. God knows if he's going to get out. He's going to be like that. Do you remember that video?
0: Uh-oh. Well, here's here's the thing. Is Hans Gruber in the building? Yeah. Was he frightened into the air vents? Now, but...
1: now I know what it's like to be a TV dinner.
0: Oh. Do you remember the video
1: of the guy who got trapped in an elevator over the weekend at his office building? No. There's a video online of this guy at his work uh, who was going down to, he got in the elevator, he was working late, and he was going down to take a smoke break, and the elevator stalled. And it was a Friday. And he was the only one in the building, and he Shh. got locked in till Monday morning, and there's video of it. And he's just, like, walking around and, yeah. you know, like, just trying to bide time. And then yeah. there's clips of him, like, opening the elevator door just to crack and peeing at the edge. <laughs> well, hey. I mean, Not a bad hey, it's better than, you know, pissing yeah. in your own space, I yeah.
0: guess. <laughs> You're home for the weekend. I want to figure that out. Turn up the heat real high, and then look for the smell. Toss a badger into the vent, and you'll find him. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, keep your texts coming in. Anything you can suggest will help. I mean, we have a manhunt on our hands. Uh, as soon as we end the show, we can't have dead air. So we'll finish well, out. Well, yeah. This, we'll finish this show out the best of our ability. So I feel bad for five, him. Five five three zero five is the better you today text line. We'll do our best. Uh, we'll try to talk NFL next. Uh, But first, Will, with your news update. Mystery solved. Went and found the guy. don't know who he is. I don't know his name, but he's alive. He's well. Not trapped in any air vents. So in our building at the front door, there's two doors that you need a key fob to get through. One to get into, like, the front reception area. The building. The building. But then there's a second one to get into the actual hallways. Of the building, so what happened was he was in the studio, and he left. He went through the first door, and as he was opening the second door, and he heard it lock. He checked his pocket and realized he didn't have the key to get in the second door. So he referred to the reception area, just inside the building, as the airlock. Yes, which is what confused you, and which I still think is a word. Team, he goes, "Oh, sorry, I was just stuck in the airlock." I go, "Where?" And he goes, oh, the area at the front, and then he remembered, so our receptionist has a button, when, like when people come in, yeah. to get tickets or whatever, they can't get into the actual building, they can just get in to see the receptionist, and if she sees, like, an employee or has to let somebody in, she can push a button, and that overrides the key fob necessity. So the guy for the airlock was stuck in the airlock, which is, maybe he's an astronaut, He thinks like if you leave the one door, you need to repressurize before you go outside. That's not the purpose of that room. No, it's the reception room. (laughs) Reception area would have been fine. The front between the two front doors, whatever he wanted to say, anything but airlock. So uh, unfortunately, uh, we have to put back the sledgehammers that you went and found during the break. While I was actually looking for the guy and we won't be tearing out any drywall. So when you come in um, on Monday, the building will be intact.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That scared me.
0: <laughs> you the scared airlock. me? The, well, the freaking airlock. What are you
1: type? well Why didn't you just say, hey, I'm out in the lobby? Yeah. Like, that would have been so much easier. But he said something, and I thought he said air vent, and I was like, the what? And, I, yeah. and then I heard him say it again, and I was like, well, dude, I don't know where that is, and I can't help you. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, when we break, I'll try to find you, I guess. Uh- yeah.
0: And you and I are playing the uh, telephone game, so I got it secondhand from you, so now I think it's the air vent. Uh, but crisis averted. So all of you listeners that stuck with us, uh, and all the suggestions uh, are fantastic. I do appreciate that. The Somebody f- suggested maybe Jeff Fisher could save him. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. It was also suggested we just get a bunch of feral ferrets, release them in there, and start yelling. So who knows? There's a lot of lot of different I things mean, we, so can we still could have do. Done. The
1: thing with the ferrets, just release them in the vents. That would be an awesome prank. Like if we were going to quit, I think that would be what I'd do. <laughs> Go get a bunch of feral ferrets and just let them
0: loose. In the air vents. Bye, jerks. They're your problem now. (laughs) See ya. A gaggle of wild animals. I keep hearing a hiss in the ceiling. Somebody suggested that that area would be called a vestibule. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know, I don't know I don't, about that. I don't know. Architecture majors lock. you can you can send away with your suggestions of what that space is. I don't think it's an airlock. It's not an airlock.
1: You're not airtight in there. No. It's just, it's, it's an ante room. It's just, yeah. it's where you wait
0: to then go into the studio. But, again, he's alive, and that's what's important. So, we move on to the NFL, uh, although begrudgingly I know you want to stay on this topic for the rest of the
1: day. Well, I feel better now. It's like one of those things where you went through shock, and now yep. you're, like, trying to just get over the fact that, there's not a human being up there that you got to like burn out. Yeah. That was my other
0: suggestion. Let's start a fire and just burn them out. We'll it, smoke them out. Well, this is very much the, uh, we smell gas. Let's get a match oh, <laughs> story that we talked about from New Zealand. So I, I was thinking that you and I were going to do something very dumb and we would be our own favorite story next week where we did something really yes. stupid. So I just like that. We're the guys that can save the day. And, uh, I don't think it was going to end well.
1: Well, no. Yeah. We're not good at that. You put us in a dire situation. We're not though. good at pressure.
0: Well, I don't know. We, 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 we don't have to be tested today. Hopefully, at some point, we'll have an opportunity to be tested. And uh, we'll see what happens. It's called All a right.
1: man trap.
0: <laughs> it's a man trap? I'm stuck in a bear trap. What do you mean bear trap? Oh, you know that area by the front door? Yeah. That's not a bear trap. It's a different thing. This texture says a
1: man trap. A man trap, I. what would a man trap be?
0: I don't know. I picture either a mouse trap or, like, the box with the stick and the string yeah. and, like, a cheeseburger sitting under it. Or maybe uh, the big net they use in...
1: Uh, like beer or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, but also the net that they caught everybody in uh, Return of the Jedi. I don't know. I think,
1: really, a man trap is when you are invited to a party by a neighbor or a close friend and they say like, it's going to be really great. And then you go <clears throat> and it's like, uh, just couples with wives and they have, they have the game on, but it's really low volume. So everybody can talk and hear the music. And you're like, this is a trap because I can't just come in here and drink beer and then leave. I have to be nice. Yeah. You have this to is inside. a man trap.
0: That sounds like a man trap. Also, uh, I think it's what they warn, uh, rookie NBA players at the symposium about. Oh, the uh, man trap. Yeah. Watch out for the man trap. You guys are going to make a lot of money really quickly. There's going to be women out there with their man traps ready to go catch into a, uh, you know, illegitimate child situation. Also possibly a man trap. All right. NFL talk. You ready? Yes. You focused? Yeah. Now I feel better. Okay. So we've kind of already gone through the playoff scenarios. We did it yesterday and Dustin came. You can go back and look at that, that podcast, but here's, here's the thing that's important for uh, the, the final games. As far as the draft order is concerned and how it affects the playoff situation. So here right now, the team with the worst record in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. They are 3-12. That is uh, your opponent if you're a Seahawks fan this weekend. So Seahawks win, they get the five seed, and they have a matchup against the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys are locked into the four seed. So all you have to do is beat the worst team that will get the number one draft pick. Also, to the thing I know that you're looking at, which is which of these teams actually needs a quarterback? one that's it well it feels like they have it so the number two seed right now I guess by the tiebreaker would be the San Francisco 49ers they're playing the Rams the Rams need a win to secure the number two seed well so the
1: even crappier part about all this is that if you are the Cardinals or you are the Rams and you want to actually draft some high-level quarterback and you then you just say to yourself well now it's a trade piece right you know, you, you could trade the pick yep, because exactly. there's somebody so alluring. Uh, you know, that that was the whole theory with Sam Darnold, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Jets traded up so they could get him, yep. you know. um, But, you know, no one's very alluring. <laughs> like, yeah, who's the st- best prospect, right? Will Greer, I think.
0: No, I think you're looking at Dwayne Haskins probably. Drew Locke from Missouri, people Are say. They I say mean, they dude, can...
1: Haskins is slow. He's got a good arm, but that release is like friggin butter man it's it it, it just melts doesn't doesn't <laughs> just go anywhere melts. it's, it's butter, butter in a bad a way
0: no butter in a bad way butter, it's butter in a bad way it's jam <laughs> it's jam it's a toast uh the, right now the number three pick at four and eleven would go to the jets um the jets are playing against i believe the patriots Uh, tomorrow or yeah tomorrow so um, the Patriots are trying to get either they can still get the top seed believe it or not in the AFC depending on what happens Uh, but the team in the driver's seat right now for the number one seed in the AFC is the Chiefs and if they win they play the Raiders who are the fourth spot so I just what I found interesting with all of this is the four teams that are playing for that number one pick three teams at four and eleven and one team at three and twelve all have matchup against teams that are still playing for playoff positioning. I, I think the only
1: thing you will really, I I think the only move you'll really see by a team to move up to get anybody would be the Jaguars. Yeah. but But even, I mean, even for the Jags, do you really have to trade anybody to move up if that's who's ahead of you? Like, do you? I mean, I mean, what the Jags are probably six right now. They're pick? nine. So, nine? so the
0: funny thing is, after four, it goes. There are five teams. They're five and ten right now. Detroit, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, New York, and Jacksonville. And again, this is based on tiebreakers. I believe CBS Sports has this up. So, if you want to go and look at it yourself and try to figure that out, but yeah, you've got a, you know a pile of teams sitting there. And then you've got a few teams at six and nine, six eight and one, whatever it is. But your top ten. Uh, uh, in the draft can all kind of flex around, but you know, it's one of those things. If you're the Raiders Cardinals jets, do you want to win this week at all? Or do you want to kind of keep a top five draft pick, but for the teams that are, they're playing against all are playing for playoff positioning. So it matters a great deal that you lose these games at the top of the draft. And it it matters that you win these games. So it's kind of funny because all the teams are kind of in the playoffs already, So we kind of lucked out that at least they're just playing for positioning, not a playoff spot. So I
1: I think really the Justin Herbert news just threw everybody into kind of a tailspin. And I think it's interesting too, that so much stock was put into Justin Herbert being that guy because everybody who has watched Justin play over this past season knows that he is really good. But you know, it's a it's divided into two camps. There's one that says dudes ready for the NFL. You're wasting money by not going this year. And then there's people like me who go, I think you might benefit from just one more year. If you stay one more year, maybe the offense is better. Maybe you kind of understand how to see progressions. Uh, Take one more year. Plus, I don't think you want to go to the Giants. Yeah, I just don't think you want to start your franchise there. You also, you know, the Jaguars would be an interesting place to go. But at the same time, there's a lot of dysfunction there. The whole idea they might move to London for some reason.
0: My question is what John Green's going to do in the draft. 'Cause he's already traded yeah. away Khalil Mack for picks. He's got picks from the Cowboys. He's got right now they're sitting in the four spot or yeah, fourth spot. Um, but would you be surprised at all if they came out against the Chiefs? Chiefs win, and they have the number one seed in the AFC. They're playing against the Raiders. You're going to see John Gruden go out there and play no starters and then trade Derek Carr as soon as possible. They're playing at Arrowhead, and they're going to get the practice squad for the Raiders out there so they can get as high a draft pick as possible. Well, if that's what I
1: suspect. And if you're John Gruden, do you trade more for more picks and just – keep following your 10-year plan? Or yeah. do, you, do you go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and go, hey, you yep. need a quarterback really badly. You have some defensive players. <laughs> yeah, you have some defensive players I know you can't pay, and I can pay. Yeah. I, I mean, that seems like the most logical move at this point. The Giants don't have too much in terms to trade for. Most of their defensive players are pretty well established, and it looks like with what Gruden's trying to do, it's, hey, I'm playing the long game here. I want to get some young guys in that believe in what I'm doing. So, okay. I, I, I mean... I think at the beginning of the season, it was funny because we all just crapped on John Gruden and just said, what is this guy doing? He's dive bombing a team that, you know, a couple of years back had won 11 games and looked like they were Super Bowl bound. But now at the end of the season, I feel like there's more of a turn of like, yeah, it kind of looks like he knows what he's doing.
0: Well, they just knocked out all these picks Uh, when they just knocked out the Steelers for no good reason. So I'm just, like I said, just curious what to do. So when you're watching the the NFL games tomorrow, it's kind of funny. I found it interesting that the top four teams, as far as draft order right now, all playing against a team that needs a win to improve their playoff positioning. You're looking at bye weeks. You're looking at uh, fifth versus sixth seed with the Seahawks. So anyways, just one thing to keep an eye on. We will give you our definitive list of what to watch this weekend. Next in our hot new segment, cleverly called what to watch. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, we didn't do anything but a life was saved. We had somebody st- st- stuck in the air vents. and uh, Turned out it was the uh, airlock. But either way, he's safe. That's what's important, and I feel like we had a big part in that, even though we didn't do anything. But had we needed to, I think we were ready to spring into action.
1: Well, we were having a crisis moment, like, live on air because we were wondering what the hell should we do. We cycled through throwing ferrets up
0: there. Breaking uh, ceiling tiles, hey, but lighting you know a fire, and just smoking them out. Here's what's important: is we were working on putting together a plan yeah. uh, to save a man's life, and if we had to do it, we would, have, we would have taken action. We would have done it. Turns out it was just a simple miscommunication, but just know that if you need a hero, the sinner and the saint are here. Well, and also,
1: I think we followed the first rule of an emergency: right, we stay put.
0: Yeah, stay calm, assess the situation before you take action. Just stay put, collect don't,
1: information. Don't go anywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We didn't overreact. We uh, we crowdsourced. We got a lot of good suggestions from the Better You Today text line. Thank you, everyone that texted in to 55305 with your suggestions. Uh, we would have weeded through those. We would How have to save it. a man from an air vent. Yeah, we would have found the best uh, course of action. We would have taken it, and uh, and we weren't afraid to you know tear out drywall and do what we had to do. So I feel like we're heroes today, even though we didn't have to do anything. Now, yes. let's set up our listeners for the weekend. We're going to give you uh, our, our what to watch uh, this is a segment that uh, we'll get all the imaging for. We're still working out the details on it, but it is brought to you by our friends at Encore Audio Video. If you need a home theater or automated uh, smart home, go see the guys at Encore Audio Video. They're the best, uh, 14th and Everett, over in the Pearl. So, Will Darkens, what are you watching for? What's the what's the most intriguing storyline uh, in sports this weekend?
1: Most intriguing storyline has to be one to a tongue of ILO's ankle. Uh, how will he fare once he gets out there? You know, the entire week, the best information that we've gotten has been yeah, I'm 80 to 85%. Uh, I can tell you as a former player, when you're 80 to 85%, that means that you have yet to feel 100% confident that once you get out on the field, you're going to feel normal. Everybody plays hurt. It's not a big deal. You just do it throughout the season because that's the nature of football. But the scariest moment when playing hurt is when you get out there and you go full speed on the first play and you go, oh, crap, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this. And then you have to just keep playing the entire game while hurt. I had a situation that's not as serious probably as this guy's because it didn't require surgery, but I had turf toe. Turf toe is one of the most agitating injuries ever. It does not require surgery. It is not something that will affect you for the rest of your life, but it is a horrific pain that lasts for two weeks. And I had to play on it and like, I went out there, I was like, yeah, I should be okay. And then I took my first step while sprinting on kickoff and I go, this hurts. I have to play through the entire game. It's going to suck. Uh, So I'm going to have to see how he'll play. And if, you know, maybe some of that accuracy that he has in the pocket could be deteriorated. I know it's that back foot of his, so
0: it'll be interesting. I'm gonna watch Kyler Murray. It's 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 in the same game, but it's funny because I'm I'm watching it for what this guy can do against. I mean, essentially, as close as you could be to an NFL defense in college football. Uh, he's already got a. Big contract waiting for him in Major League Baseball. They kind of made an agreement with the A's that he would play one year of college football and then report for spring training or whatever it is uh, the next step is for him in becoming a Major League Baseball player. But if he goes out and has an excellent game, win or lose, it affects uh, what he decides to do, whether he plays football or baseball. Uh, He's already got a Heisman Trophy. So I'm going to watch Kyler Murray and see what he can do against Alabama. And I think it gives you kind of an insight like I said, whether or not Alabama wins or loses the game is are there vulnerabilities for this? And if Alabama wins, you know you, now you've got tape against what a guy can do. Trevor Lawrence isn't the same player, but you wonder if there's a there's a possibility that Alabama doesn't complete this perfect season.
1: Do you think the outcome of Oklahoma's season will dictate how Kyler Murray decides to spend next year? Do yeah, you think I, at all.
0: Yeah, I I do, and I, but I think I think how he plays in this game, win or lose, will affect uh, what happens next. And, you know, I haven't watched a ton of, I haven't watched a full game of him play. I've watched a ton of highlights of him playing. And when you watch highlights, you kind of go, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. But when you watch every single play and what he does on the plays that aren't spectacular, you kind of, you you know, you get a better idea when you can kind of watch in between the lines. So I'm going to watch Kyler Murray and that's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, what game are you watching this week? Weekend? Uh,
1: the game I'm watching is not in the college football playoff, but I'm, I I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. I'm stoked for Browns Ravens. <laughs> I am because these two quarterbacks, man, they're the future. They really are. And I, I know that that's kind of pulling the trigger quick because we've seen this with uh, Robert Griffin, the third in the past, you know, there's a lot of comparisons to his run with the Redskins getting into the playoffs and what Lamar Jackson's doing right now in Baltimore. And so, you kind of have to step into this with caution. But at the same time, man, Baker Mayfield is playing like a complete stud. They've gone 5-2 and two since Greg Williams has been their head coach. Um, he's getting hired next year, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're just going to move right into that head coaching role. JK, just kidding. Yeah.
1: Uh, But it's exciting because, really, this is kind of a glimpse into the future of these two teams. And one team has a lot to play for, and the other one has a quarterback who feels like every single week – he has everything to play for. So I think it's going to be really competitive and
0: it's going to be a really great game. Yeah. It's a tough one to beat. Um, I, I do want to watch the Clemson Notre Dame game uh, just cause I, I, I think if I can preview both of these games, I think it'll make the, the championship even more interesting. But what I want to watch is the first half of that game. So I can decide whether or not to watch a second half. <laughs> for some reason. Are well, you going to, if the first
1: game sucks, if Clemson Notre Dame really, really sucks, is that going to affect you watching Alabama? Yes.
0: <laughs> really? It, it it will to some point. I'll still tune in for the first half of both games, I think, but it, it will kind of uh, de- determine where my day goes from there for sure, whether it's a day of just college football or if I'm going to kind of move around and do other things. But the other thing is for some reason, and and again, I – You know, you try to do your statistical analysis, and the funny thing is anytime I'm right with a pick, and we used to do this segment as picks for a long time, and I've been right on who won football games plenty of times, but the thing is you're never right on why they win the game, right? It's always, it's always going, oh, here are the tendencies going into this game of both teams, and I think if the tendencies stay true, and I think there's gonna be a thing, it's very rare that any experts tells you how a game is won or lost. But for some reason this morning, man, I listen, I I spin the dial when I r- drive into this show just to kind of get different perspectives. Every single show, I think three different shows I tuned into all had Notre Dame with a chance in this game. And I don't see it, but they seem to. So I want to see if Notre Dame is for real. So that's, that's the game that I'll be watching. What are you watching outside of sports, my friend? Outside of sports, if you
1: find yourself coming home pretty drunk and uh, you are too drunk to put a dvd in the dvd player or uh you're on some uppers and you're too jittery to put the dvd into the dvd player get yourself over to bet at 10 15. <laughs> um training day baby oh,
0: training day on tv
1: dude yeah. training day is With prob- no profanity oh uh, well whatever that's not what you need well actually <laughs> you do need that because that's denzel washington's probably best role yeah next to glory um oh. <laughs> Yeah, dude, Training Day is the most awesome movie ever to either watch on a uh, boring afternoon or to watch when you get back from the bars. So I remember yeah. that in college. Training Day was a really good one. Um, another really good one was I Love You, Man with Paul Rudd. <laughs> that was just because it was easy to watch. There yeah, was nothing yeah. like
0: I had to think about it. It was
1: just Paul Rudd acting goofy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's the weekend before between Christmas and New Year's, right? So there's still family and friends in town. You're probably having a party. You're looking for something to put on the TV just to be in the background. They always put out the list at the end of the month. What's leaving Netflix in January? This will be your last opportunity and the perfect opportunity to play back to back to back to back to back. All five Sharknado's Whoa. just put on a Sharknado marathon on Netflix. They're all there. They leave the service on January 1st. So you may not be able to do this again. Have a party, host it, put on Sharknado 1. And nobody leaves until Sharknado 5 has its final fish fall to the surface ground or
1: whatever how many of those can you actually watch in a row i mean they're just so i know but that's the thing is don't,
0: don't sit down and watch them just have it on in the background and anytime you look at the tv there's a shark flying through the air and i imagine they get continually worse i've only seen the first one but that's what i'm gonna be doing
1: yeah have you seen the one with tara reed that's the first one. Oh, it is yeah Yep. I was disappointed that she didn't take her shirt off.
0: The only reason I watched it, a buddy of mine that I used to work with in L.A. plays the liquor store clerk. So look for your Steve Moulton sighting in Sharknado 1, but put that on in the background, and you're welcome. And watch out for people getting stuck in the air vents. If you need suggestions, text Will or I. We've got a whole book we can write on them. Uh, we're back on Monday, 6 a.m. We're getting you ready for the Redbox Bowl and those Oregon Ducks uh, against uh, probably Michigan State, I think. We're done. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Enjoy. It's your last chance.